This is Open to Hope Radio, featuring Dr. Gloria Horsley and her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley, coming to you on behalf of the Open to Hope Foundation, dedicated to those who are looking for hope after loss. Now, here's Dr. Gloria. Welcome to the Open Hope Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my co-host, Dr. Heidi Horsley. This show is brought to you by the Open to Hope Foundation, whose mission it is to help people find hope after loss. Well, good morning, Heidi. Good morning, Mom. Uh, We're getting ready for the National Conference of Compassionate Friends. It's going to be, uh, let's see, tomorrow, actually, and it's going to be in Crystal City, uh, Virginia. And that's by Arlington. And we hope that if you're around in that area, if you can possibly make it, you'll come. We're going to have great speakers. Gordon Smith, whose uh, son died by suicide, who is a two-term, was a two-term United States senator and is now president and CEO of the National Association of Broadcasters. He's going to be speaking. And Maria Houston, we've had her on the show. She's written a wonderful book called Hannah's Gift. And Kathy Reed, whose uh, 19-year-old stepdaughter was killed in French class during the Virginia Tech shooting uh, in 2007. And Kathy uh, has gone on to do some great things to help people to prevent future tragedies. And Helen Fitzgerald, um, who uh, wrote a book, a handbook for grieving teens, she's a psychotherapist, and uh, she has been working with people who are mentally ill for for over 23 years trying to help them out. So we hope you'll be able to come to the conference, or uh, I think they're going to tape it this year, Hyde, so you'll be able to listen to it. And Heidi and I will be speaking, and I think you'll be able to probably get uh, some of our tapes, so that would be great. Well, it is over the holidays, right, Heidi? Holidays can be tough for people, right? July 4th. Absolutely. I think it brings up a lot of past memories of past holidays when we had people that we loved in our lives that are no longer with us. Yeah, because that's kind of a time where families get together and, you know, we all see each other. And yep. it's, it is strange. Like whenever our whole family gets together, even this many years later, 20 plus years later, it's odd because, you know, our whole family will never physically be together anymore because Scott won't be with us. And it just, it's just a reminder when, whenever we're all together that he's not there. Absolutely. Well, Heidi, uh, we've got a great guest today, and you and uh, Susan Giesman have something in common, um, uh, working with the 9-11 families, right? Or being around during that tragedy? Yeah, I've been working with um, families that lost firefighters in the World Trade Center since 9-11 and kind of seen what their experiences looked like over time, what their losses looked like over time, and where they are now versus where they were. So Suzanne is, an, is very interesting. She's got an amazing background. She was a retired Navy commander, and she was the chairman of Joint Chiefs of Staff on 9-11. She I'm was an really, aide, really, actually, an aide to the chairman. Wow, right. an aide to the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, I mean, I'm sorry, right. on 9-11. Um, her pregnant stepdaughter also was struck by lightning, and she's going to talk to us about that and about all the work she's done with people after loss and how, you know, okay, here's, so here's Suzanne's background and how... I'm curious to find out, Mom, how she became a medium, and that's what she's doing now. I mean, what, what did that journey look like, and did she have these abilities while her stepdaughter was, was here on the earth? I mean, or did it happen after the loss? That's yeah, and, and the after 9-11 thing, too, if, if uh, she was a medium then or not, and, and uh, the psychic thing there. And we're talking kind of today about being present, and I'm, and I'm re- present, and I'm really curious about how 
um, going doing the 9-11 thing and all that and seeing things and how uh, how that impacts you after you have your own loss or when that came into play. Anyway, Suzanne, you're there, right? Hi. Yes, good morning to both of you. It's great. Where are you located? Uh, currently in central Florida, but about to head out on a six-month traveling adventure around the country. So oh, I'm yeah. a rolling stone. Oh, nice. Uh, are you going to say, oh, you're going you're gonna, to uh, uh, promote your book? Are you going sailing or what? I know you're a sailor, right? Uh, we usually go sailing, usually sailing, but this year we're going RVing, land cruising, as we call it. Oh, wow. <laughs> what, what fun. Are you going to be promoting your new book, The Priest and the Medium? Or you're, you're doing another one, too, right? I have several books, but the, the, the recent one from Hay House is The Priest and the Medium, and I, I certainly hope to, to uh, sign a few copies on the road. Great. Wonderful book, and we'll talk a little bit about that. Well, tell us about, um, you know, your journey, and, and you were with the 9-11 uh, families. Was that before or after your uh, stepdaughter died? That was before Susan died. Uh, I was, as you said, the aide to the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, and we actually flew over Manhattan in the last plane that was in the air after the tra- uh, Trade Center uh, came down. So I have a photo of the, the billowing smoke. And then we went back to the, the Pentagon and into the building as it burned. And oh. uh, I, I volunteered to escort some of the family members who had lost uh, loved ones during the attack on the Pentagon. And honestly, it, it was more than I could bear. I had never been around people in such raw grief and uh, mm-hmm. was so sensitive to it that I just wanted to run and escape. And I felt guilty for not being able to bear their pain with them and so grateful that that it wasn't me you know and i feel felt bad about that mm-hmm. but had never suffered through a, an up close and personal tragedy like that and then uh, let's see that was 2001 Suzanne five years you're bringing later. up such a you're bringing up such a good point though about that because i remember when we had to do home visits to the fire department after 9/11 and it was people that had lost firefighters widows and children and family members parents etc and a lot of people on the team said, you know, we're kind of anxious or nervous to go into the homes because what will we find? And for me, yeah. since I had lost my brother and cousin, I knew what raw grief looked like. And I was like, I'm fine going in because I've been down those roads before. It can be really yeah. scary and overwhelming. So I'm glad oh, that you're was, you know, talking just, about that. Right. And you just think, you know, I don't, how do those people put up with it is what I thought. How do they survive this? And I hope I never have to feel that. And unfortunately... Uh, five years later, my, as you said, my stepdaughter Susan was struck by lightning and six months pregnant with our first grandchild at the time. And, wow. and all of a sudden, you, you have no choice but to put up with it. And it was just agonizing and so real. But the, the, it became the turning point for me because looking at our Susan at the funeral, I was just struck by this feeling that that wasn't really her, the body, that, that, mm-hmm. that her spirit had to have survived. I, it was a knowingness. I had never felt a connection with the spirit world before. I had always been interested in mediums, but suddenly I just knew she had to be still around us. And so I decided mm-hmm. I would find myself a gifted medium. But before you existed. before you get into that, I know our audience. Uh, I, I'm not going to want to come back to this because I think that it's going to be a fascinating trip that we're going to take on this. But I wanted to ask you a little more detail about you know where she was when she got struck by lightning, and d- d- was it a boy or a girl, and and how were you and your husband? You know, how did you cope with losing your first grandchild? And can we just kind of talk about that for a smidge? Well, she was uh, reporting for duty. She was a marine 
a Marine, a sergeant mm-hmm. in the Marine Corps, and she was just reporting for duty, walking across the flight line at her squadron, and out of the blue, it has, was not even raining, a bolt of lightning wow. struck her, and she never regained consciousness, and, of course, the baby was lost as well. And uh, Now, did you know whether I mean, it was a boy there, or a girl? How connected did you feel with If she had had an ultrasound, then it was a boy. Mm-hmm. It was a boy, mm-hmm. and, uh, and we remember, you know, just uh, the, that week was so full of, of it was like, punches to the gut, just those moments you'll never forget, like seeing the obituary. and You're trying not to make it real, but you look at that picture and it's like, wow, how many obituaries have I seen in my life? But when it's your dearest, closest loved one, it's a physical blow. Just very, it was agonizing. And to see my husband, who I love with all my heart, grieving so badly, it was just, it just made it doubly hard. Right, and I and I was wondering now. Did, did uh, was the ex-wife there around? And and I know that for some families that can be touchy too. It, it it was, but you know, in times of grief, even the love comes out, and everybody in, was united in their grief because there was only one focus, and it was all that mattered. And it was just the the love we had for Susan was still there and could never die. It was just even stronger. Now, one of the things that uh, we hear from step-parents, they email us, and, and generally the e- it's an in- interesting email. The email is this. My husband is, or my wife, is suffering so much. I, I really want to help them more. What can I do? Did you feel that way? Oh, yes, yes. I, I love Susan dearly, and but like I said, it was it was ripping my heart to see out to see the one I loved who's left behind hurting so badly too. So uh, you just do what you can and, and somehow I think as the step parent we can be a little stronger and just be there for them. Yeah, except sometimes a lot is expected of step, step parents. You know, they're saying, I want to do it, I want to do it. And it's hard to see somebody go through that level of suffering and, uh, and I think it's just good for our folks to know out there this is a normal, normal response feeling that you wished you could do more. So tell us uh, uh, on to uh, the story about you had the funeral and... and Yes, and, and so I made it my mission. You know, the Navy officer made me came out. I am going to find a medium and prove to my husband and myself that Susan is still around. And I needed to... And now what made you decide country. to do that? What, what made you decide? How did you get the idea for a medium? I, I had always been drawn to mediumship. It fascinated me. And, and it's certainly becoming a topic that people are interested in these days. And suddenly I just knew that that was going to be the answer. And certainly now that I see how my path has unfolded and I've discovered my own mediumistic abilities, it all makes sense to me why I was so drawn to that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so but interesting I, I given did, your bra- background, Suzanne, because here you are, a retired Navy commander and aide to the chairman yes. of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, and now all of a sudden you're feeling like you want to get more in touch with the whole medium world. Oh, it's an I interesting know. path. And, now, guys, some- oh, it's wonderful. <laughs> guys sometimes are skeptical. How was your husband when you told him you were going to be doing this? Or, you know. He was uh, so, he was not gullible, but uh, certainly he went along with me. If there was going to be anybody that could show us that his daughter was still around, he was up for that. And I'm so pleased he was because the first reading we had changed our lives. Mm-hmm. Changed our lives. And, and he, uh, Susan. The, the medium knew nothing about us, did not know our last did name. Did you go did together? Not have Googled us. We did, did go together. Uh-huh. Okay. And you, how did you find somebody? I went, I uh, discovered uh, this medium named Ann Gaiman, who is the subject of my book, The Priest and the Medium. Uh-huh. Right. I wrote it after all of these revelations. 
and uh, she had just had hip replacement surgery, so wasn't giving readings, but in a, I took one of her classes and met a woman there who proved to me that she was seeing spirits. That's all I needed to know this was the real deal and somebody who didn't right. know me nor my story. And uh, this woman, uh, we sat down, my husband and I, with this woman, and she told me that they had, she, she felt the presence of a young woman in her 20s who had died rather suddenly, and she said, I'm feeling the headache of Zeus and Athena. And if you know who Zeus was, he was the god of lightning bolts. Wow, it made my skin tingle. But she described Susan with the brown uniform. She described her personality. She called us mother and father. But the really, the real clincher was when she said, "And this young woman is bringing with her a little baby boy who she wants Mm. to introduce to you, and he's standing back shyly as if he doesn't know you." Mm. Wow. You know, skeptics can think what they want, but that woman could have said anything. You know, I have your great-grandmother with gray hair, but she brought through exactly what we needed to hear. And, mm-hmm. uh, and which was what? What did you need to hear? Something from a complete stranger, detail after detail about our Susan that would let us know that somehow her, her spirit, her mind had gone beyond the physical body and was still around us and did, aware of us. Did you feel a safety thing, like you wanted to know she was safe? Because I know, uh, isn't that true, Heidi? People have, have oh, said yes. that they, oh, uh, yes. that's their main thing. They want to know they're okay. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That came through and it has come through on subsequent readings. And this is what I think is so beautiful about mediumship is the message that they're absolutely fine, that death is is not to be feared, and the ones who suffer are those of us left behind because we can't touch mm-hmm. them anymore, we can't feel them, but the comfort of knowing that we will see them again, that they do hear us when we talk to them. I've gotten so much evidence from people that you talked about a minute ago These at the holiday times that we miss our loved ones, but you cannot mm-hmm. believe how many times they come through in readings saying, you know, a medium will sit with you and say, well, your, your son is here and he's talking about the graduation for your, your other son and how he wore a purple gown. Well, that, what that shows us is that our loved ones are there with us mm, because right. they're giving evidence to a medium. They're present. We're not aware of their presence. But if we only could see them, we would know that. Now, I would like to ask you a question. Do you have to have a medium? Is there some way? Now, you've developed your own skills. Is there some way I can develop my own skills, or is this a special? I believe there is. Yes, yes, ma'am. Uh, the, right after Susan died, I, I somehow knew the key to con- connecting with her was through meditation. The reason we're not aware mm-hmm. of these subtle vibrations of our loved ones in the spirit is because our minds are so full of that day-to-day chatter, constantly active, constantly giving us thoughts and blocking out the subtle, subtle presence and message from spirit, which is why when you have a dream of a loved one, honor that, because that's when they can come to you, when your mind is quiet. So I began meditating daily, and after several years, began to be able to sense. Mm-hmm. Now, did, did you have, did, for our audience out there, did you have... Um training and meditation or did you just start doing it or what if I want to start how would I do that there are many methods and they're all good any method that we can allow you to to be quiet and to sit in the presence of the spirit if you want to put it that way but just to quiet your mind it doesn't even have to be a, a spiritual thing but just to qu- learn to quiet the mind and so many methods and they're all good so whatever suits sits well with you you can find things online about it or books about it but it's just 
it's very subtle. You, you, can't, you can't go at it expecting to hear from your loved ones right, right away, but I can tell you that I have, I have had Susan come to me directly with evidence. I told her, I know you're here with me, but give me something about your, your biological mother that I wouldn't know so everybody will really know you're here. And she gave me three really good things that let everybody know, wow, wow she is around. Wow, that's uh, great. What about signs? Are there signs that you see too? Or uh, Oh my it... gosh, yes, yes, yes. I, I don't know how they do it, but you know, people should really honor these strange appearances of birds or butterflies or lights mm-hmm. flickering on and off. These things should be honored because uh, if people would go to my website, theotherreality.com, and, and click on the link that says, Why the Yellow Butterflies, there's just the most amazing story of, of the way... Uh, butterflies started behaving unusually around us just after Susan's death that left no doubt in our minds that somehow something was influencing them to let us know, hey, I'm still around. Yeah, you know, uh, we've talked about this on the show before, haven't we, Heidi, about how you need to honor your signs and, and you know, that they're yours and they're, they can be personal or private or you can share them, but, but um, don't take things for granted. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. Yeah, that can really be something. Now, one of the things that that I think is hard uh, for our audience out there, some people are really newly bereaved, and all they are particularly looking for is hope, and they can't um, they can't concentrate. They've got you know the monkey mind, uh, they're a nervous wreck or whatever. Sometimes it's going to take a little time, isn't it, for them? Oh, absolutely. Um, I remember I was already working as a medium, and my father passed, and I remember crying to my husband and saying, I can't believe I'll never see him again. And he stopped me, and he said, Suzanne, you're the one that showed all of us. You will see him again. And it was through my grief. I just forgot that. <laughs> you know, it's just, you, you, mm-hmm. you, you kind of lose your focus. And, uh, oh, I, 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 liked, that, uh, I like what you just said. You forgot it. It's a forgetting, isn't it? It's the way we forget ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, your brain just doesn't function right for a little while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, if there was one last thing you'd want to say to our audience out there who are suffering the loss of a, a very special loved one to help to give them hope, uh, what would it be? I would, um, two things if I could. One, that your loved ones are around. If Just know that, have the faith that they are, and ask, ask for guidance to, to somehow know that. But you keep saying the word hope, and every morning for the past six months, I have uh, received in meditation poems, which I have called Messages of Hope, because all mm. of these poems are about that connection, and they're all on uh, theotherreality.com, and, and they do give us hope that we will see our loved ones again, that, that this life is not all there is. So if people find co- comfort in reading those messages of hope, then that would be wonderful. That's great, and I would suggest that you get uh, Suzanne's book, The Priest and the Medium. It's a great book, and it's about the medium that helped you, right, and her husband? That's right. Yeah, it's a wonderful read, got great stories in it. You're a very uh, talented author also. Thank you. Well, thanks so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much. It was an honor. Thanks, Suzanne, for all the work you're doing thank to help you. people find hope after thank you long. for your work for helping folks. Well, Heidi, uh, very interesting. Bye-bye. It's a very interesting show today. Uh, Suzanne, what an interesting person, and and this is a great book, and when I see you, I'll pass it on to you. And um, it it does give people hope, and we hope that you will look for your signs and and whatever, don't you think, Heidi? Absolutely, and it's so comforting to know that the people that we've loved and lost are around us. God is around me. Even though I can't physically hold him, he's here, and I love that idea.
Absolutely. Well, you've been listening to the Open to Hope show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my co-host, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Please stay tuned again next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time when we'll be posting a new show on the Open to Hope site. You've been listening to Open to Hope Radio, hosted by Drs. Gloria and Heidi Horsley. Like today's edition, all of our past programs are available on demand at opentohope.com along with helpful articles, videos, resources, and links to help get you through the toughest time of your life. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Again, that's opentohope.com. Check it out today. Then be sure to stop by next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time when we'll be posting another edition of Open to Hope Radio. Remember, others have been where you are. They made it through, and you can too, as long as you're open to hope.